We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into episode number 184 of The Greatest Pod in the South. I'm Neil McCready, J.G. Tate with me. He's back in, back in the United States after his big vacation. We'll hear all about uh, all about his trip. We're going to talk about uh, Ole Miss wins a college baseball World Series, first national championship for Ole Miss in a major sport since 1963. Think or four? I don't know. Either the, either the Kennedy or the Johnson administration, one or the other. That was the last time that Ole Miss won a national title. They uh, swept Oklahoma in the finals to uh, get that done yesterday. We'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about um, the Cleveland Browns in an interesting spot, which means Baker Mayfield's in an interesting spot. Uh, we'll talk about the NBA draft a little because last thir- last Thursday, for a brief moment, Jay and I thought that our boy Jabari might be the first pick, the second pick, because the the, the, uh, the Orlando Magic took Paolo Boncaro, sort of surprisingly. And uh, we thought, there's Jabari, here he is. And then, as Jay said, it didn't happen. So we'll talk about those things, and God only knows what else comes up here on the show. Jay, how are you? I'm great. I'm back uh, from the, the Punta Cantus, and I am not in police custody. Not that I was, but, I mean, just the fact that I never was, is, it's good. That's a good step, yeah. And then I made it back in one piece. So that's good. Yeah, we made some new friends, as you would be surprised to learn, right? <laughs> Not surprised. Made some new friends, and we uh, made, met up with some of the friends we met at uh, last year in Punakana. So we added to our crew. We had five couples left, uh, you know, stateside. Then we met two more down there, so that was a seven-couple group. And then we met uh, Val and Mike uh, as well. And uh, so we got to be, we got to be a pretty big group. Everybody yeah. still friends at the end of it. Everybody, everybody's, everybody's okay. Oh hell yeah, man! I mean, we all get along real good, and you know, I'm a social chair. My friend J Dub's a social chair, and his wife Bridget's a social chair. So we, you know, we do a lot of outreach. And we just try to help the community and, and just make things better. You know? What? Had some uh, had some good times though. We bought uh, five bottles of bourbon in duty free on the way down there because the rumor was that all they had was Jack Daniels, which is terrible. If they only had Cathead, that's all I would need. But unfortunately, they had Jack Daniels only. So we did one bottle per day. And then I would kind of do an eye, I'd eyeball it throughout the day. And if we were getting a little ahead of ourselves, maybe the bottle was a little lower than it should have been, then I would start drinking a little bit of that Tennessee swill just to kind of keep things going, greasing the wheels without having to actually dip my toes into the good stuff. You know what I mean? Right. 
So that went okay. I, you know, I hadn't had Tennessee Swill in a while, but uh, you know, you just kind of do what you got to do. Let me run down the list here real quick because I know people are really fired up about hearing about the big trip. Uh, we had great weather uh, <laughs> for sure. I did have a chance to hook up with Pie Player and Daphne. They were there, our friends that we met last year from the greater Cincinnati area. Uh, had a lot of fun, drank uh, Scooby-Doo shots with them. That was a good time. And their friends, uh, Jordan and Carly, and then it mentioned uh, Val and Mike earlier. Uh, I always go as the captain. I wear a captain's hat, and everybody goes, El Capitan, you know, the whole thing. But I wore the milkman hat this year, which uh, in Spanish is El Lechero. And uh, that went well. That played well. Um, <laughs> some of my best antics of the whole trip, I was in my milkman hat. I think it's very disarming. Um, I had this new little shtick that I did this year, and it, 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 you, you got to kind of follow along with me here. So we would meet these people, and once I got to know them just a little bit, I had a little line I would do, and I would turn to the girl of the group, the girl of the of the couple, and I would say, "I'm gonna tell you something. I don't really want to say this in front of him, but we'll just make it up." And they'll say his name is Mike. Mike got in the group chat last night, and he had so many nice things to say about you. He said that you looked beautiful last night. And that you are such an inspiring mother, and I'm telling you, I mean, the guy is just absolutely adores you. I'm making this up completely. I'm not even. I don't even know the guy enough to have his, his phone number, much less be in a group chat with him. <laughs> it's interesting sociologically to see how this plays out because you get about half the girls who just tell me to fuck off right away. They're like, yeah, "Bullshit!" You know what I mean? That. Then you get a quarter that like buy it. They're like, "That is so sweet, Mike. I didn't know you knew him." Like that whole thing. And then you got a quarter who are just like they don't understand. They're like, "Wait, what? You did what?" It is so much fun to see this happen. And it's such a great icebreaker, particularly with the ones that call bullshit on me. Because <laughs> those are the people I want to party with right there. Can you imagine doing that yourself, though? No, no, I cannot. Um, that, 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 is a, that is a personality trait that you possess that I'm, I'm somewhat wow. jealous of. Yeah. But no, I, I don't. I, I, no. That was a lot of fun. I'm a little a surprised that it didn't get you in some trouble with, uh, with just various and sorted people. Well, I'm just trying to help people get laid. Not They shouldn't need help down there, but some people still do. And I just felt like to a certain <laughs> population, that would help. You know? All right. So how do you know that they're needing help? How, how do you, no, I how don't. Do you... But look, man, if, 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 if it's a blanket thing, it's not going right. to hurt anybody's chances. It's just gonna, At worst, it's going to make me look like a fool. And I'm already wearing a milkman hat, cause I'm, so I'm, I'm, I can't get worse. It's a fair point. If it helps, then God bless you guys. I'm here to help. And all you got to do is tip me. On a scale of 1 to 10, where would you rank your daily inebriation? <sighs> wow. Minimum 7.5, maximum 9.5. But I will say, unlike last year, I made every dinner. I don't remember every dinner fully, but I made it, and I made it all the way through. And in most cases, I did stuff afterward. Now, what's at the dinner? Is it is the, are, you, are you drinking at dinner as well? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do, you, do you switch from the, the, the swill, as you say, to like cocktails or wine or beer or yeah. what? Well, by the time we hit, usually we get out of the pool in the four, four o'clock hour. And by that time, the bourbon that we bought is gone, long gone, probably. Uh, so we start transitioning at that point. We, everybody goes to the room and gets ready. And then we meet around five or six o'clock and we go to one of the restaurants uh, on the resort. And they, they're different genres. You know, some of them, like we had the French restaurant, the, the Italian restaurant, the Spice, which is like Asian, you know, whatever. Sure. So you, everybody meets up. We usually sit at a big table. Sometimes we get split into two tables, no big deal. And that's when we start drinking Vodka Collins. I wish they had the cat head there, believe me, uh, or something like that. A little something a little lighter. Uh, for me, it'd be something that maybe wouldn't have any GERD in it, which is vodka's great for that, gin's great for that. So, and then we just continue on that way and just continue to get drunker. We actually got, my friend J-Dub and I got reprimanded in the uh, Spice restaurant for being too loud <laughs> because we were making these sounds where we would go, uh, 
meow. It would make like these cat sounds. And the, the, what's cool is the workers would hear them and they would do them back to us. So I'd go, meow. And then they would go, meow. We would do that. And then we'd do, whoop, whoop, whoop. And then they would do it back. Yeah. And then I would do like this porn girl scream. I would go, like that. And they would do it back. But we got reprimanded and they didn't. But whatever, it's cool, man. But the guy did the best reprimand you've ever seen. He came over and he's like, hey, guys, uh, I'm really glad you're having a good time. But uh, there's some other folks maybe in the restaurant that aren't having quite as loud a time. And maybe you guys can just kind of pipe it. It's really nice. Like the most diplomatic <laughs> shut up you've ever heard in your life. So anyway, we made it uh, through the dinners. Uh, we took the reprimand in, in, in stride and we quieted down. And behaved yeah, ourselves. I, you sort of expected the reprimand to, to arrive at sort some Sort of. I mean, you just start doing porn sounds. You know, sometimes it happens. But uh, that was a very, it was a very good porn sound that you broke out there. Oh, yeah. By the way, oh, yeah. was oh, well. yeah. um, I was a star big time for the silent disco. I think it was the second night we were there. What you do is you put on uh, headphones, and everybody else has headphones on, and there's three channels: uh, red, blue, and green. And each colored head, right, each person that's wearing the colored headphones get, has a different sound, a different song. So, like, if I have the green headphones on, I'm listening to Africa. They have the blue headphones on, and they're listening to Beat It. And the people with the red headphones have a different song on. So, everybody's, like, in this big mall, and they're jamming, but they're all jamming to different songs, and they can't hear. They only hear the one they're hearing. It's okay. kind of funny. I decided I was going to get up on the stage where the band plays and start dancing to my song because I was so lit. I was dancing to Africa, uh, Party Rock Anthem, uh, Beat It. I did a little dance. Jeez Louise, dude, I got so lit. I, that's the most lit I've ever been and stayed conscious the whole way. I, I don't know what got over me. It's crazy. When you woke up the next morning, were you had to be informed of what all you did, or were you were you still fairly aware? I was, it was in and out. Courtney was like, man, you were off your ass at the disco. What was your problem? And I was like, I don't know. I was having a great time, you know. <laughs> Uh, but she's cool. She look, man. We've been together thirty years. I mean, she knows the story. She was dancing for a while. I think she just like everybody else. You know, she only needs so much liquor. But not me and J Dub. We'll keep drinking. My man Chris drank a lot too. I got to give him credit for that too. So anyway, great time. Uh, our flights were surprisingly. First of all, we're good. Nothing got canceled. And second of all, like they weren't full. Like that's really? the first time I've flown somewhere lately. Like in the last five years, it wasn't like full, full, full. The planes were like maybe 75% full. Because everything I've heard is that all the planes are completely full these days. Mm. Like everything is packed. That wasn't our experience. I mean, going down both ways, we had an, an extra seat next to us. Where'd so, you fly through? Like Dallas or Houston? Or? We flew uh, straight from uh, Atlanta to P PUJ, Punta Cana. Okay. So it was just a direct flight. And both ways, we had an extra seat in our group. And coming back, dude, we had the whole row. Like we had the whole six row, six seats across. Oh wow! Yeah, it was that was probably sixty percent full that flight. So I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. But that was pretty cool. That is cool. So I really think that you and Laura ought to consider coming one of these days. I mean, you don't have to get involved in all the shenanigans because we have people in our group that are way more low key than I am, and so they just kind of chill and read and drink or hang out or whatever, you know. Yeah, I, I, frankly, I can't. Even, this is—I don't mean this as an insult, because you know I love you, but but I, I I can't imagine seven J Tates in one group. That that would be. No, there's not. There's not. There's that, there's not. That, that would be too much. There's only one J Tate. That's true. I mean, there's J Dub, who's kind of like a country version of me, and then his wife, who's like a really sweet girl, but she talks to people. That's really about it. I mean, the other guys are pretty chill. Uh, there was one, this one girl, so my friend Chris is real into sun safety. He's a really important thing for him, and so I was kind of pushing it, too, as you know, since I'm the, uh, the lechero and I'm trying to get people to you know behave right. 
that's I'm, I'm the public safety officer as you as I should be. Right. I would walk by girls, groups of girls, and I'd say, "Ladies, you're doing a great job. I see you're, you're lathered up real good. Make sure you reapply a few times today because you don't want to get burned and all this kind of stuff." I said, "You only have one epidermis, and you don't want to waste it." That may or may not be true, but I said it anyway. <laughs> so I noticed this one gal who's about my age, and I said, "I know I've, I've, I've having to reprimand you a couple times for this, and I've noticed that your suit's getting a little lower each time." You know, and she goes, "Well, it'll go as low as you want," and I go, "Oh." Well, what's the lowest? And she goes, well, it depends on who's asking. I, I just kind of was like, oh, I didn't know where to go from there. So I just go, you're bad. All right, yeah, I'm going to go now. I think if you had said, well, I'm asking, you might have got. Well, here's the thing. As often happens at nude resorts, not that I was at one, but I'm just saying I've heard at nude resorts, the girls right. that are naked are not the ones you want to see, right? Right. So that's not a girl whose suit I wanted to see off. Gotcha. I understand. Of course. If it was like Elle McPherson and I found myself in that situation, I'd just go for it. How old is Elle McPherson? Nowadays? About my age, probably. And she's probably smoking ass hot. I guarantee she is. Come on, she Neil. She probably is. Yeah, of course. She's a freaking supermodel. Yeah, of course. So I can't wait. Elle McPherson was. I can't no. wait for you and Laura to come on down. And again, we have folks that are like y'all that just read and hang out and real <laughs> low key, not getting in the pool or not mixing it up or anything like that. Just yeah. having yeah. a good time. Again, we were at uh, Excellence Punicana. For anybody who out there, I know there's lots of folks that travel down that way. People listen to the show. Everybody's like, go to a swinger resort. It's not. It's a regular resort for regular people, and we do regular stuff, except we get tore up. Excellence Punicana. I recommend it highly. Sorry to spend the last eight minutes talking about my trip, but I think people sometimes want to know about that stuff. No, I think people wanted to know. Good stuff, Neil. That is good, Jay. I'm What's glad- been going on in your personal life? You've been worrying about the Omaha for a while, right? We've been pretty tied up with uh, Ole Miss baseball for the past four weeks today. This I mean, had to have been Dreamland for a chance to yapper, right? I mean, like, yeah, I would I would think this was Dreamland for uh, for Chance. Two weeks in Omaha at an Airbnb. This is a crazy story. I, I've I've told this story on our podcast a little bit, so I'll be I'll keep it quiet. Some I'll keep it short. I should say some of, some of your people, some other people may not have heard this. Four weeks ago on a Monday morning. We had three content items. Chase written them all. He'd done a great job. He had three content items in our admin, the Rivals admin, ready to go. One was a hot board. One was a, a really long-form story about what Mike Bianco had done in 21 seasons at Ole Miss, 22 seasons at Ole Miss. And the other was like a, a column of some sort. You had a hot board? Oh, we were ready to roll. They were firing him that Monday. That I mean, you feel like that was going to go down. 100%. Had they not made the tournament? 100%. And they were the last team in. 100%. So listen to the story. You'll, you this is you 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 you've covered crazy stuff. This was this is one of the craziest stories in a good way that I've, I I think I've ever been around. So Chase calls me that morning and we're talking. And this is Memorial Day morning. He calls me and he goes, "I don't I'm pretty sure they're not in." And I said, "Okay." And he goes, he, knew, he was telling me some details about what was going to go down that afternoon. He very clearly knew what was going down that afternoon. And um, I said, "You don't, you don't think they have a chance?" And he normally finds out. He's got some of these national college baseball people. I think Chase would admit to you that he's a college baseball nerd. And um, he didn't know yet, but he didn't. He said all the, you know, all the metrics, all the projections, everything. They weren't getting in. And I said, "Okay." And so a little later that morning, I was in here working on something else and sort of stumbled across someone who told me that, hey, Ole Miss got in. And, Jay, I didn't believe him. 
because Chase was so emphatic that they weren't getting in that I was like, well, they're not getting in. I said, I don't think you're right. And he goes, well, maybe I'm wrong. Source was pretty good. I didn't ask who the source was. I was like, okay. So about 20 minutes later, Chase calls me. He goes, this is completely off the record, and if I, if I burn the person, I, I, they'll know. And I said, okay. And he goes, um, they got in. They're going to Coral Gables. And I said, you know, a little while ago, someone told me they were in, and I didn't believe them. And he's like, well, who was their source? And I said, I'll find out. And so I sent a text and found out who the source was. And I was like, damn, that's, that's wish you told me that because I'd have known it was good. Um, so we went ahead and reported they, they were in the tournament. Didn't report the part about Coral Gables because that was off the record. I didn't have that part. All I had on the record was that they were in the tournament as a three seed. So anyway, Chase proceeds to find out that, hey, does, it's not going to change anything. They're going to go to Coral Gables. They're going to lose. We're just delaying the inevitable for a week. Narrator, insert here. They did not lose. <laughs> they uh, they won in Coral Gables. They go to Hattiesburg. They win in Hattiesburg. They go to Omaha. They beat Auburn. They beat Arkansas. All of a sudden, you look up, and you're like, one win away from the finals, and this story is just off the rails. They're, they're, it's the weirdest story I've ever been around. They, they preseason like number five. They got all the way up to number one. Then they had a seven – yeah, six week, a six-week to seven-week collapse in the SEC. Then they finished okay. Um, they go to the SEC tournament. They lose on their first night. They lose to Vanderbilt the first night. They're eliminated on Tuesday night, and they go five days thinking they're not going to make the tournament. Get in the tournament. It's like new life, and you know the rest. I mean, they – Lost on Wednesday to Arkansas, came back, beat Arkansas on Thursday to get to the final, and then they beat Oklahoma two days in a row, and, and they're the national champs for the first time in the program history. And Of all the really good teams that they've had there before that didn't get it, this is the team that ends up winning the title. It ends up being a really good team, but you can't get away from that six, seven-week stretch where they weren't very good at all. And, you know, they didn't get a host site. Hell, they were the last team into the tournament. I mean, it's just a bizarre story. And to think... If they don't get that last spot, it went to Ole Miss instead of NC State. Had it gone to NC State instead of Ole Miss, Mike Bianco's fired on Memorial Day. Instead, now he's got a lifetime contract. The AD said yesterday that he can coach at Ole Miss as long as he wants to. Wow. One month, huh? I mean, what a story, huh? Yeah, yeah that's crazy. I mean, literally from Memorial Day to the moment that they clinched the national title, it's 27 days. Who the hell? How does that happen? That's it's like nuts. that reminds me of Auburn football 2013, except Ole Miss won the title instead of Auburn choking it away to Florida State at the end. It's another that football team I thought was you know pretty good, but okay, whatever. They lost yeah. to LSU and stuff, but they made it all the way there. Through some weird stuff happened, but then they failed. Not Ole Miss. Finished it's, it off, man. It's a crazy story. I mean, it's, someone's like, "What's the equivalent of this in basketball?" And I'm like, "Well, there isn't an equivalent to this in basketball." There's because I mean, the last team in in the NCAA men's tournament is what like the 12 seed. 12 yeah. seeds don't win titles. They might there might be a 12 seed that has some Cinderella march to the Elite Eight or the Final Four, but they eventually get whacked. It might be like that Villanova team in '85, something like that. Oh, that's a good point because they were they were like an 11 or I don't know what seed they were. They were a team that at the time you thought they should be good when they, even when they weren't. Yeah. I mean, and that's the way I felt about Ole Miss. That's the way everybody felt about Ole Miss in the middle of the season. 
So, you know, it's not like quite like George Mason where they were kind of nobodies and came up, but that's not what Ole Miss baseball was. Ole Miss baseball was a good team that got messed up and then got straightened out, you know. You know, I, I told people this. I wrote this in my 10 Weekend Thoughts that what struck me over the course of the weekend is Ole Miss just sort of dominated Oklahoma. I was like, that basically three-game series in Omaha between Ole Miss and Arkansas, two teams that all year long you were like, these teams should be better than this. Why are they losing like this? Why are they – why are they scuffling? Why are they so inconsistent? They're really talented. They should be a lot better because, like, in the middle of the year, Ole Miss was number one and Arkansas was number two, and then Ole Miss fell a little bit and Arkansas moved up to number one. And they were those two teams that you're like, these teams, man, these teams are really good. And then they weren't really good for a long time. And then all of a sudden, they kind of figured it out during the NCAA tournament. And you didn't realize it at the time, but Arkansas won the first game. Ole Miss won. No, I'm sorry. Ole Miss won the first game. Arkansas won the second game. And that Thursday game, Thursday afternoon, the one time that Omaha wasn't just lit in the stadium, that was turns out that was probably basically the national championship game. And the weekend was just a coronation. Yeah, that was going on. Uh, the, the beginning of the College World Series was going on when I was in Punakana, And a couple of the dudes that I was partying with were Arkansas fans. I mean, they were like Chase. I mean, they were like – they knew all, Arkansas baseball was their real passion. I mean, they liked Arkansas football. But they were living for baseball. Like, they were sitting in the pool watching the games and shit, right? And they told me after they lost to Ole Miss, he said, it's over, Ole Miss is going to win the national title. And I don't know when that was. It was like our last day there. Monday. So, so Ole Miss still had games oh, to go. Yeah, it was, but yeah. that dude was like, it's not going to matter. Ole Miss is going to win this thing. Like, this is before they'd lost to Ar- Ar- before Arkansas had lost to them again. Gotcha. He, he, he already saw them and said, it's over. They're going to win. And I thought, Ole Miss is really going to win this thing? Because I thought at the time Oklahoma was going to be a problem. Uh, but unfortunately, and also the Jello shot challenge, huh? How about that? Ole Miss stepped up. Ole Miss went through so much Jello shots that they ran out of the powder that's need. The manufacturer ran out of the powder that's needed to make Jello. So, is it fair to say that Ole Miss and Arkansas fans literally drank them dry? I think that is very clear. That's incredible, man. And when the Arkansas fans left, Ole Miss brought the reinforcements to fill in for them and, and proceeded <laughs> to continue to drink them dry. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that if you told the people in Omaha that Ole Miss will be back next year, all the, the restaurants will, A, they'll say, cool. B, they'll go, we probably need to order more. I, I saw our friend Alex McDaniel apparently bought the last Jello shot. Like she had in her possession the final Jello shot, you know, whatever it was. No, what was it? How many did Ole Miss end up? buying like eighteen thousand. Yeah. i don't know i mean the place last year the record last year was the re- previous record sold like 2800 which and i some thought was a hell of a lot man it's a lot of jello shots if you think about it I mean, like imagine in your mind's eye three thousand jello shots i mean how how were the people at rocco's supposed to know you know what we might want to tr- make that time six we we we, we might want to order I mean, they, they, they literally just ran out of product. I mean, you can only make so many Jello shots, right? I mean, listen, man, I have you know, everybody who listens to the show knows I have a lot of respect for Ole Miss and, and its fans, her fans. Um, did you think that they were capable of drinking this much? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Because to me, Ole Miss and LSU fans are pretty much head and tails of everybody else when it comes to drinking. I mean. My, my, my favorite story on this is in 2008 – Ole Miss went to the Cotton Bowl. They'd been really shitty for a while, and they went to the Cotton Bowl that year. And, you know, it was New Year's Day game or January 2nd game, one or the other. But on New Year's Eve in Dallas, Dallas, which holds stuff. Dallas has 
parties, you know, people in Dallas drink beer. Apparently Dallas ran out of beer and whiskey. I mean, hotels were just completely running out. There was nothing left. They had, they had no more beer. They had no more whiskey. On New Year's Eve, when you're kind of planning for, hey, we probably need to be stocked up. Yeah. It's, you know, there's only so much planning you can do if, if the people just drink it all. It's <laughs> pretty impressive. Yeah. It's a real statement. I mean, you know, Ole Miss winning the title's great, but 18,000 jello shots. <laughs> well, the, you know, you know the old expression about Ole Miss, and some Ole Miss people don't like it, and I get it. You know, the we may not win every game, but we ain't ever lost a party. I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, a, reason, there's a reason that stuck around as long as it did. I would agree with that. I've never seen an L at an Ole Miss party. No, they were – so they were – there were a lot of people in – I mean, they took – this was the perfect weekend, Jay, to rob a bank in Oxford. I mean, there's nobody here. Uh, it, was, it was empty. Now that we're advocating that, obviously. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. But I mean, in the event that you're like, hey, what would be the perfect weekend to rob banks in Oxford? This one. Uh, this was the weekend. And, and um, yeah, it was it was a zoo, man. They, they had to have taken 25,000 people up there to Omaha, Nebraska, in the middle of, like, not to be political here, but, like, kind of a recession. Gas prices are super high and – People are like, screw it, just, just I'll kill well, the budget, we're going. Yeah, yeah, it's Ole Miss going to win a national title. Like, I get that, totally. Yeah, and so as the wins piled up, more and more people showed up, and it it, it apparently was bonkers. Man, our guys, uh, well, uh, Brian Stoltz from my side and Jason Caldwell from one of the other sides, who's a great guy, they went up there together to cover Auburn when, obviously, Auburn didn't stay very long, but uh, they drove it. And yeah. they took back roads for fun. I, I don't this is a weird concept to me, but. Some people just enjoy the journey, Neil. I guess so. It's kind of Auburn, hard to imagine. Auburn stuck around for a little while. They weren't like two and two and out. They were three and out. Three and out. <laughs> they did win a game up there for the first time since uh, shoot ninety seven, I guess. Well, that's the thing about that format, you know. I mean, two teams are going to get run out pretty quick, and then they're going to get down to four kind of fast, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, one place I wish Cathead had had an opportunity to be there because I bet you we could have drank them dry too. Um, because their stuff is so delicious, you wouldn't even know how much you're drinking. Cathead Distillery, uh, they're makers of fine spirits and other delicious refreshments that can be found throughout the southeast and beyond. Hopefully in Omaha soon. Uh, their current product, the hottest product, is spreading like wildfire throughout the swimming pools, shindigs, and get-togethers of my locale and yours too, Neil McCready. It's the Cathead Sparkling. It's a sparkling vodka cocktail in a colorful aluminum vessel, five percent ABV. 100 calories and is always gluten-free, sugar-free, and vegan. Looking forward to hitting these. Uh, I can only speak for the Tate family uh, on July 4th. Uh, Cadet Sparkling comes in eight packs with four different flavors, including the limeade, the strawberry lemonade, the mandarin satsuma, and the cranberry. You can find those in grocery stores, convenience stores, and liquor outlets near you. Cadet, of course, made their way into the space in their vodka, delicious vodkas, which now has the Cadet bitter orange flavor. Provides a perfect complement to their ubiquitous cathead honeysuckle that uh, has been an international phenom, non-phenomenon, as the kids say. You may also see their straight uh, vodka with the blue label in the wild, as well as their pecan flavor with the green label. At my ABC store uh, there by the Rave here in Montgomery, Alabama, they have all four. They're delicious, and they all have a role in making a delicious cocktail, Neil McCready. Uh, cathead bourbons are excellent as well. You know about the 90-proof Old Soul, but their single-barrel Old Soul at 190 proof is one of my favorite pours around. It is so good, and if you get a chance to get your hands on a bottle of that, maybe at High Cotton or somewhere else, I would strongly recommend you get that. 
Uh, sometimes you can find their tin type series, which is a seven year, 119 proof bourbon. I put a little splash of water in that bad boy, but it is very delicious. I can only get that at allocation here in the state of Alabama. I've gone through one bottle and I got it back up and I'm about to crack that bad boy open soon. I was in Kentucky a few weeks back, got a a bottle of their 13 year, which is outrageously good, but very hard to find. I could not believe it was sitting on the, uh, well, it was in the, it's behind the glass, but I can just ask for it. They'll give it to me. It's terrific. If you see it, buy it. Look, you need Cathead in your life. Seek out Cathead Sparkling or any of their fine spirits next time you're out. If your favorite bar or restaurant doesn't carry Cathead, make a request. Ask them to carry Cathead. Life is better with Cathead in it. So do what you got to do and get that Cathead. Could not agree more. Um, We're also brought to you by Pinnacle. They represent clients in more than 20 states. They've got advisors in multiple states. What they do is they provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and so much more. Investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions made using objective information and research, not emotions. So regardless of your level of wealth, Pinnacle is going to sit down with you, listen to your goals, study your expenses, and put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N-Wealth.com. Some people are still heading on vacations and stuff. We've still got a whole month of summer left. I've got, I've got one coming up. School starts in Oxford on August the 1st. Really? What the hell is that? That's too early. Apparently, they wanted to start a week earlier than that. Oh, you can't start in July? I mean, that's just... Do y'all have that many snow days? No, apparently they're doing this thing where you... Everybody needs a two-week break in the fall, and you need a two-week break in the spring. Oh, okay, okay. You know, we're doing the whole mental health thing, which I'm all for mental health, but come on, we've done school this way forever. It's okay to keep going. People need the summer. Dude, in San Diego, we used to do year-round school, so it would be nine weeks in, three weeks off, all the way. You just keep going. Oh, that would, I wouldn't like that. It didn't bother me back then because I was just working on the chicks, and you know they yeah. all lived in my neighborhood, so I, I always had the time to go. Yeah, got it. Anyway. John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. He's the guy to get in touch with if you want to plan a trip and what, how, however much of your summer you have left. Or maybe you're planning something for the holidays. Maybe you're already thinking about something next uh, next year. Flights are kind of expensive right now, so some people are booking stuff way ahead. Anyway, get in touch with John. Just give him some parameters. Give him a budget. Let him kind of know what you're thinking about doing. And uh, he's going to give you options that you're not going to find on your own. And no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of the services. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first book trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on this podcast. I know we just spent some time talking about my trip to Punicana, but I have another one coming up, the one that uh, John Edwards put together for us. Uh, this is the one that my daughter was supposed to get. Well, my daughter and her uh, our neighbors who – they both graduated in the uh, spring of 2020. This was supposed to be our graduation trip. So they decide we didn't want to, <laughs> we didn't want to go to Europe. Thank you, Neil. You're uh, they're going to go to Punta Cana. So we're going right back. And uh, it's going to be more of a family trip because they're going to be with us. My daughter's 20, coming up on 21. And that's what that's how old their uh, son is. And I was telling Courtney today, like, you know, are we going to basically do the same stuff that we did in the last trip with this trip? We just basically hang out in the pool and get drunk. And she's like, yeah, pretty much. I was glad to hear that. You know, because the drinking age is 18 down there. Yeah. So Mads can get ripped. I'm sure it'll be the first drink she's ever had. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Kyle girl at second two years into college, I'm sure she's never had a drink. Um, oh, absolutely not. So we'll just see what kind of trouble we can get into, and I'll just go ahead and wear the 
I guess I'll wear the Lechetto hat, see what, what happens. I don't know if my daughter might enjoy watching that happen, though. She might think it's funny. Because like, I think it's funny. I really wish I could do the show live. I, this, I think a lot of people would love to see you do that show live, Jay. Like, I could just, not live, but like, I could just take like a simple recorder. And yeah. these people don't have to say what their last name is. I, mean, I don't want them to be identified. We can just say, hey, my name's Sarah, my name's Fred, or my name's Annabelle, you know. What do you think about the milkman or whatever? You know, I mean, I think it'd be funny. I think yeah, be funny. there are probably a lot of people that actually would pay to to hear that show. To, see, to hear Drunk Jay? To hear Drunk Jay interviewing strangers about how, what do you think about the milkman while you wear the milkman hat? Yeah. That, okay. I'm, yeah. We might be able to make that happen. I mean, I don't, I don't think that there's like a – it's not a philosophical problem there. I, I think uh, my wife would be okay with that, honestly. Anyway, moving on from uh, Punta Cana, you guys are like you, could, you, you actually could let her do some of the interviewing. Now that that gets that's where it gets a little dangerous because see, then I, I feel like her and some of these gals they kind of like start teaming up on me in a bad way and they're like making fun of me and stuff. But it's it's cool. I, I can handle it. I'm a big boy. Yeah, just give me another bourbon. I'll be fine, man. Uh, listen, but you want to talk about some big money? I'll tell you somebody who can afford a lot of trips to Punta Cana. That's going to be Jaden Rashada. The uh, celebrated high school quarterback, uh, five-star quarterback, uh, he is going to be going to Miami, it looks like, and he committed to Miami, and reportedly got an NIL deal with one of their folks down there for $9.5 million. And if that's not all, he reportedly turned down an offer from University of Florida worth a total of one of $11 million. Neil McCready. You had advocated for years that these kids ought to be getting paid. Thoughts? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Oh, I've got so many thoughts. Um, I still maintain if you can get $9.5 million, good for you. Okay? Well, yeah. Good for you. I'm, I'm not hating on a kid at all. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, I've been keeping up with Rashada for, for uh, a while now, and here's why. I kind of gathered during Ole Miss's spring training, spring practices, whatever we call it, that he was their number one guy. They weren't getting Arch. Everybody knew they weren't getting Arch Manning. Um, and I was starting to ask about other quarterbacks, and I was told, hey, he's coming up soon. And I said, Rashad is coming to visit. Yeah, we're bringing him in on an official for the Grove Bowl, the spring game. I was like, okay. And I started digging into it. I said, you feel like you got a shot? I'm like, I think we got a real good shot. I'm like, okay. So I start digging into this kid because I'd watched him, and I'm not a quarterback evaluator, but just my eyes. I was like, this kid's special. He's really good. All this attention's on Arch Manning, and deservedly so. I'm not going to be the guy that goes, Arch isn't very good. I, th- I think Arch is going to be really, really good. Um, but I'd watch this Rashada kid and I was like, whoa, man, I kind of like him more than I like the kid that's going to Tennessee, Nico, I am Oliva. And, uh, Jaden Rashada had an official visit scheduled to Arkansas for that particular weekend. He was coming to Ole Miss. I, I, wait, I'm sorry. He had, it was going to Arkansas the next weekend, then coming to Ole Miss the weekend after that. So I kind of kept up with his visit to Arkansas a little bit as best I could. I know a few people around that program, and um, they had him. They got him on campus in Fayetteville, and he did a couple of tweets about Fayetteville. And then there was a tweet that caught my attention. It was one of those tweets where a couple of guys who I think one of them was already committed to Arkansas, and one was clearly pretty leaning pretty heavily to Arkansas, and they're taking a picture with Jaden Rashada, and everybody's doing the fingers pointing at each other and stuff, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> The, one of the guys was like, "Hey, we we got to get got to get Jaden Rashada with us, you know, hashtag Future Hogs or whatever. I don't know whatever the hell that uh, the, the 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 hashtag was." And Jaden Rashada retweeted it with, "Let's talk business." Oh, I, I didn't think a lot of it, but it caught my attention. Like, hey, we're cutting right to the chase. So he leaves his visit on Sunday. And somewhere on that Sunday, I talked to somebody up there. I don't want to give names, but I talked to somebody up there, and I said, how'd it go with uh, Rashada? He's coming here next weekend. And they're like, we're going to take another quarterback. And I'm like, well, what happened? Something happened? No, nothing happened. Just got a big ask. It's got a big price. And I said, how much? And I heard $6 million. That really caught my attention because I'm like, so this kid's coming to Ole Miss this weekend. He's got an asking price of $6 million. Arkansas apparently was like, ah, it's a little rich for our blood. And I thought it was the most interesting thing about the whole Grove Bowl weekend was not some silly spring game. It wasn't going to be, you know, everybody was talking about, we're going to see the Ole Miss quarterbacks. I'm like, I've already seen them. I've seen them four weeks in a row at practice. I mean, it's just going to be a different game. What's interesting to me about the Grove Bowl weekend is, is Ole Miss going to swim in those kind of NIL waters? 
And I quickly kind of had all these people telling me, nope, nope, Ole Miss isn't going to do that. Ole Miss is going to take the money ball approach. By the way, I hate the money ball analysis. You and I can talk about this another time. But the whole money, oh, we're going to do the money ball thing. The Oakland A's money ball was not built on that. They had a bunch of young studs on young contracts. Anyway, I got the impression that Ole Miss couldn't do it. Well, sure enough, you know, the day after Rashada left Fayetteville, Arkansas committed a quarterback, kid from Georgia. I can't think of his name. And the day after Rashada left Oxford, Ole Miss recruited, uh, committed a quarterback from Nashville, Marcel Reed. And so I just assumed that was the end of it. Ole Miss kept recruiting Jaden Rashada to the point that they even signed his brother, who's a JUCO linebacker. He's on campus, part of the program right now. What I kept hearing was, it's all NIL with him. And if you can't match, if you can't get there, then you won't get him. And sure enough, it turned into this kind of a, apparently a bidding war between Miami and Florida State. I'm sorry, Miami and Florida, and maybe to some lesser extent, Texas A&M. And he's going to Miami. California kid going to Miami. His brother plays at Ole Miss. He's been talking about wanting to play in the SEC. Miami's not in the SEC. Florida is in the SEC. Florida kind of pushes back a little bit with some of the, hey, everything that you're hearing is not exactly accurate. But, Jay, if if these kids are going to get this kind of money, Nico Iamaliva is getting, what, seven, eight million? Jaden Rashada is getting nine and a half million? If, if these numbers are real or if these numbers are close to real, at some point, one of these kids are going to bust. And when they do, it's like buying bad stocks. If if you go to your broker, your financial planner, you go to your people at a place like Pinnacle, and they're like, Jay, take all your money and put it into this. This is going to blow up. This is the next big thing. This is the next beanie baby. You're going to make a ton. And you go, okay. Here's the money. And then all your money's gone. It's gone. You go back like six months later and like, hey, I was kind of wondering. I hadn't gotten one of those uh, statement things. What's happening? Oh, it's all gone. It, that, that, it busted. The, the, the stock went belly up. That company died. You're, you're out. Yikes. You going to hang on to that? Uh, you hanging on to that? You staying with that investment company? Or are you going you, to get a little pissed off? That's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. You're going to, yeah. and you're not going to stay with the investment company. You're going to get pissed off. And so when these people put this kind of money into kids like this, they're kids, man. And, and some of these kids are going to bust. Some of these elite quarterbacks, in quote, are going to turn out. Some of them are going to be studs. Some of them are going to – one of them at some point is going to be the next Cam Newton. But another one's going to be the next Shea Patterson. And that's another one's going to be – Another one's going to be the kid that Alabama signed out of Oklahoma City who never turned into anything. It's a lot of money. And I, I, I just, I don't, I, I get this question in my mailbag every single week. So maybe you can help me. What's the event that happens that slows this down, that, that settles the market, that calms this down, that, that, in, it's not going away. But I think people look at this, like I've looked at our board today, and our board's super excited today because Ole Miss just won a national championship. It's like, you, this is the time to tell them bad news. Um, <laughs> but they're asking, like, we can't compete with that, right? Ever? And some people are like, no, you don't want to. I mean, 
And it's not just Ole Miss that can't compete in those in those waters. I mean, it's it's a lot of people that can't do that, and maybe shouldn't do that. But what? So what's the event, or is there an event, or some sort of a concurrence of events, JG Tate, that slows this down and gets this back to a place where it was supposed to be, where it was originally when when they said, "Hey, here's what NIL is going to be." This is what we're talking about now. It's not NIL. This is pay for play. Absolutely. What what has to happen to get it back to be something like similar to what was intended? Well, I don't know what was intended. I mean, to me, like when we first heard about the offensive linemen at Texas getting fifty thousand dollars each per year uh, through Horns with Heart, I thought, man, that's that's it's, it's insane. Fifty thousand dollars. Now you got a quarterback making nine million. I think that's kind of a one-time deal in a way. I mean, Miami can't continue to give kids $9 million, a quarterback $9 million every year. I mean, you can't do that. Like, I don't care who you are. I mean, because you, like you said, you're going to be eating a bad debt soon. I guess when the kid transfers out because he's a bust, then you just eliminate the relationship, I guess. Right? Because the gist of the NIA deal was that it's not tied to performance, right? Right. So you just make these... I mean, are you? Are they paying him nine million for one year? I, I doubt they are. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think. It's why you know. So maybe it's a one-year deal worth you know whatever two point three, and if he mm-hmm. stays all four years and they pay him all four years, then it's nine. Maybe that's what they're doing. So that's a little bit truth and advertising issue, but whatever. I, I just think it's too much money, Neil. I think it's going to end up being it'll it'll just come down because each school can't kick out this much all the time. Miami's kind of making a splash for reasons we talked about in our last show because we think Miami's trying to make a case to be the next team swiped up by the SEC, right? Yeah. And they're trying to show, hey, we can play at an SEC level. The best way they can prove that is to be a pain in the SEC's ass. So outbidding Florida for a big-time quarterback, I mean, Greg Sankey doesn't give a shit about that, but it creates – you know, Jay, you're a really good football reporter. You're very good at building relationships with guys on the team that you cover. You always have been. I talked to a former Ole Miss player the other day. So if I'm talking to one, you could probably have 20 of these conversations. I talked to a former Ole Miss player the other day who was talking about NIL, and he said, some kid walks in to the locker room the first day after he signs, and he's gotten some massive NIL deal. He's got a target on his back. That's a disruptive thing in a locker room. You know, it's it's disruptive enough, Jay, when a young dude comes in and starts threatening an older guy for his job. But now if a young dude comes in and he's the one making seven figures and he's not a stud right off the gate, I mean right out of the bat like a monster, all of a sudden some of the older guys are like, so hold up, I've been here for two years I've played around with this bullshit 20-hour rule. I've busted my ass for two years. I've gotten up here at 5 a.m. I've played hurt. I've let you shoot me up on Saturday and a couple hours before the games. Hey, what? And I'm not getting I'm not getting paid. Nothing like that. Where's mine? I would ask that question right now. Is what I would I mean, do. That's 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 kind of a little disruptive to the old locker room, Jay. Yeah, and. The coaches know that. I mean, Harson has, has talked about this. Well, not lately, but he did in the beginning. And he came across looking like a guy who hates for kids to make money, which you can't do that now, right? You've got to be someone who at least outwardly seems supportive of this, even though I think the argument you're making here is a very good one. 
Yes, that's going to cause a major disruption. A huge disruption. And just talking about the $50,000 offensive line we get at Texas. So the offensive line gets fifty k, but I'm sure Arch Manning's going to get something, right? Yeah. I mean, I know he doesn't necessarily need it, but he's going to get it. And then here goes your inequity. I'm right so tired. No, this isn't directed at you, Jay, at all. But the, the people that are like, Arch Manning's not going to take anything. His family's already rich. Name me one rich person who has ever said, you know what? I'm rich enough. That's good. Yeah, nobody does that, right? I mean, stop. He's going to get paid big time. But, I mean, Cooper. I mean, is Cooper a billionaire? I, I, I mean – I don't. I don't know. I don't I, know either. But you know, I, I just. I'm. I'm going to tell you that Arch Manning's getting paid. We should. Of course, he's got a, a hugely marketable name. It's. One, I think it's one of the reasons. I think it's the big reason he went to Texas, is he can go to Texas and he can be the brand of at a place that already is a big brand. Well, I, the reason I think it's really good is they're going to be moving the SEC while he's there, and we know Texas has resources. They kind of suck right now, and they have for a while. But you keep thinking they're going to turn it around. You want to be the guy that's getting it turned around. Kind of the way I feel about uh, Jabari when he goes to the Rockets. Like, the Rockets stink right now. Kind of like Texas stinks. But you think they're going to turn around, and if they do, he can be the face of the organization. Yeah, yeah. And Jabari Smith and and Jalen Green would be the faces of that organization. Yeah. And if Arch Manning can help uh, uh, captain this turnaround at Texas, then he'll be a hero there for generations. Good for him. The decision made tons of sense. If he goes to Alabama, you're not the even even Arch Manning can't be the brand at Alabama. The brand at Alabama is Nick Saban. It's the the process and all that stuff. You know, I, I think Georgia lost its chance to get Arch Manning the day that it won the national championship back in January. I think at that point it's like, okay, well now they don't need me to be the guy that gets them over the top. If he goes to Texas, I was talking to Kerry Murdoch about this the other day. If he goes to Texas and somehow brings them to the pinnacle, it's already a big brand with the horn and all that stuff. They got the Longhorn <laughs> Network and all that stuff. Everybody recognizes Tennessee. I mean Texas uniforms. If Arch Manning takes them to the top, he's a, he's, he's a legend forever there at a yeah. place. You know, I mean, I get it. I 100% understand the decision. But if you felt like, or if he felt like Lane Kiffin was going to stay at Ole Miss, I would have paid a lot more attention. Yeah, if I'm Arch Manning. I don't. I don't think he wanted to play for Lane. I don't think his family. Who does not want to play for Lane Kiffin? Apparently, Arch Manning's family. Why? I don't know. Beats me. There. I, I, it's there's. It's. It's one of those things where you hear different things. You don't know what's true. You don't know what's not true. I mean, again, and even at Ole Miss, is Arch Manning going to be the brand right now? No. I mean, Lane Kiffin's the brand. Yeah. Well, that might be good too. Yeah. Takes sure. pressure off you. And puts pressure on him, which is good. I just don't know that they operate in that. Well, if you don't want to play for Lane Kiffin, you're a dumb dumb, and that goes for anybody. Period. Name me a better offensive mind in, in football. I don't care. You don't have to say college. Uh, I mean, I mean, you're you're talking about Sean McVay or people like that. I mean, it's it's okay. it's rarefied rarefied air. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if he wants to go play for the Rams, and he can go right ahead. Good luck. He get an he could go get an NIL deal with the Rams too. Yeah. <laughs> Good, yeah. It's <laughs> an idea. Were you upset about Jabari not yes, going to Thunder? I was. I was very pissed off when they took when the Magic took Paolo Banquero number one. I was that was very sh- shocked. I had my story ready to go. You know, Jabari going number one, blah blah blah. So he, he falls to number two, and I think, oh, that's a done deal there. 
I tweeted you immediately. I said, it's going to happen. It's happening. <laughs> Jabari's coming to our beloved Thunder. And then they it took Chet Holmgren. Voice, it did not happen. No, it did not happen. And they took Chet Holmgren, who is a very good basketball player. I, yeah. I, I have no doubt. And Your boy Bruce Pearl does not like uh, Chet. Oh, what did he say? Something about uh, no boys allowed. That's what the NBA stands for is no boys allowed. He, 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 he referred to, to Chet as, as a boy. Yeah. Well, he's not a girl, I don't think. That's funny that he said that. I didn't know he said that. He's just doing that to back up Jabari because oh, I, I know uh, what they really think about Chet Holmgren, and believe me, it ain't bad. No, no. It was, it was just him defending his guy. There's a guy I talked to who's a college basketball coach, not at Auburn. Uh, I've known a long time. And he, in his opinion, he felt that Chet Holmgren was the best prospect he had ever scouted. This is, this is before he signed with Gonzaga. This guy coaches in the Big 12. And uh, it's the best player he had ever scouted. And he's my age, so he's 50. I mean, he means he hadn't scouted like, you know, Bob Cousy or whoever, Bill Russell. But nonetheless, it's pretty, pretty high, high praise. Yeah. Sam Bassini said that he's potentially the most impactful defensive player to come into the league in ever. Boy, I don't know about that. Not on either. That's what he said. Here's the thing about about where the Thunder are when you're doing these drafts, and you and I were joking about this a minute ago. The problem for the Thunder if they took Palo is that his upside isn't as high as Chet's or Jabari's, but his but his floor is pretty high. Paolo sure. Boncaro is going to be a very good player. Um, and, and probably right away. He's probably the favorite to win rookie of the year. But what is he, though? He's an attacking three, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so in the scheme of things, I don't really know what he's going to give you. But, but here's the thing. What you get when you're the Thunder and you take um, Chet Holmgren and Usman Dang, two young guys that are – not going to be super productive rookies because they're going to get pushed around. You get to continue to lose organically. <laughs> There's a difference between tanking, which is what the Thunder did the last couple of years, and losing organically. You can't keep tanking forever because you'll 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 piss off the 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 older players in your in your franchise. You'll start creating a culture that it's hard to escape. But you can lose organically where it sort of happens and but where you're more competitive and where you're back in the lottery next year and if you happen to win the lottery I mean everybody wants Victor Wimbanyama it's going to be the first pick next season there's some other guys too that are coming out in that draft so you add one more piece and all of a sudden you go from having Shea Gildas Alexander and Josh Giddy and Chet Holmgren and Usman Dang to having those guys and one more elite player. And then all this money comes off the books. That's coming off the favors contracts coming off the books. The, um, um, the guard that used to play for Charlotte, he used to be a star and he's not a star anymore. And his contract just keeps getting shipped around. Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker. Thank you. Kimball Walker's contract comes off the books. Um, they have a decision to make on Lou Dort, but they're going to have a lot of money. So it's conceivable that you add an elite player and you can package some of these other picks and go get somebody, or you can make a free agent splash. And then you know the name that's starting to get out there, and this is not going to happen, but prepare yourself for this story because it's really interesting. When the Kyrie Irving thing gets through shaking out and he ends up in Los Angeles or wherever. God, I hope so. 
Kevin Durant is going to get disgruntled in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. And the number of franchises that have the assets available to package something to get in on Kevin Durant's really small. I want there's a part of me that that wants Kevin Durant to actually I can't believe I'm saying this because I would it would bother me. But Kevin Durant in Memphis in that budding rivalry between Memphis and the Warriors, Kevin Durant coming back to a small market where I think he'd be beloved. I think he misses that. Kevin Durant back in the West against the Warriors, playing them often where they, the Warriors probably a little pissed off at Durant for leaving. Durant probably a little pissed off at the Warriors for taking him in the first place. Um, that would be kind of fun. Look, man, I, I can't. The romantic in me, the idea of Kevin Durant going back to Oklahoma City and sort of fixing it where it all went broken, being the guy that is the guy that ends up taking all these young pieces. And he had to, there's, I mean, I, I just got through covering some, um, what's the word I would use? Really, I mean, if you read the Ole Miss baseball script as like a Hollywood script, you'd go, oh, for the love of God, this is ridiculous. I mean, this is like the natural or something. So Kevin Durant going back to Oklahoma City is is kind of romantic, and I think I, I think I allow myself to go there, even though I know it's not going to happen. You mean to play for the Thunder? To play for the Thunder? Yeah. Oh, I would I would reject that completely. I I can't even cheer for that guy. I respect him; he's a really good player, but I just don't want him anywhere near me, and I don't ever want to watch him play. Isn't that funny? And you're right. You're, I, I don't disagree. This is a guy that had he just stayed in Oklahoma City. The way Giannis Antetokounmpo has stayed in Milwaukee. Had he just stayed in Oklahoma City, he probably would have won a title by now, maybe two. Had he left, it would have been a little more organic. But leaving the Thunder in the prime of his career to go to the team that just beat them in a seven-game Western Conference Finals ruined his reputation forever. I know he won a couple of finals. He won a couple of finals MVPs. But Kevin Durant's no longer one of the popular players in basketball, and, he, and he, he, he's still one of the great players in basketball, but he wrecked his reputation by doing that. Yeah, I think he did too. I mean, he's still making 40, what, 35, 40 million a year, so he ain't doing too bad. Yeah, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. It's just about the way you're going to be remembered. He could have stayed in Oklahoma City and won a title, and people would have been like, oh, that dude won a title in OKC. And then if Two or three years later, if he just said, hey, you know, it's time for me to go to a big market or whatever, I think most people would have been like, all right, cool, cool. But well, he, he, won two, he won two titles, though. He did, but, Jay, he won two titles with the team that was already winning titles. He won two titles with the team that after he left, they won another title. Yeah, it'll always be Steph, and <laughs> it'll be Steph's team, right? I mean, It is Steph's team. Those titles are Steph's titles, and they got proven this time because they just won a title. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Kevin Durant wasn't on the floor when they beat the Celtics. He was not, no. I mean, maybe so he was sitting there. I don't know. <laughs> they inserted Andrew Wiggins into the lineup. It's like, oh, that's good enough. I mean, it's it's Steph's team and Draymond's team and Clay's team. That's whose team it is. They won titles before Kevin Durant, beating Kevin Durant. They won titles with Kevin Durant, and now they won a title without Kevin Durant. Yeah. It cheapens Kevin Durant. I hope that Kyrie leaves. I think actually Kyrie is going to leave, right? He's asking yeah. for a sign and trade. Yeah, it appears that he wants to go to the Lakers or the Clippers or good. Something. I hope let yeah. him go to the Lakers and suck with LeBron. Um. And then Kevin's going to get stuck by himself, right? Yeah, and then but there's already like there's multiple people talking about it today that Kevin Durant's going to start wanting out. Yeah, get out of here, bro. I'm sick of your story. I'm so sick of it. He's such a talented player, but I'm sick of it. He surrounds himself with people here. who just help him make some of the worst decisions. 
Well, I, I got to be careful because one of his uh, confidants is a former Auburn player that I like a lot. <laughs> oh, is that Adam? Yeah, Adam. Yeah. I mean, they're not like, he's, he's not his financial manager or anything, but I think it's one of the guys that he consults. Yeah. And, uh, and Adam's they were good really people. Tight for a while, right? What now? Adam Harrington and he were really tight for a while. Well, I right? mean, Adam's on the staff now. So, I mean, oh, is he on the net staff? Yeah. Oh, how about that? I didn't know that. So, yeah. I, I don't even know if people know that, but Adam Harrington played at Auburn uh, yeah. back when we, Neil and I covered the team uh, together back maybe 2001, 2002. Anyway, he ended up being a um, like a, a fitness guru kind of for uh, NBA players and because uh, Adam played in the league for a little bit and was kind of – he's just always been around the league. He was a hell of a player. I mean, really good player. Yeah. And uh, he just got in with KD and ended up being his personal trainer, and then he kind of ascended a little bit and became an assistant coach. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely in KD's inner circle for sure. And I, I don't want to <laughs> get too bad. I don't want to go too far down that road. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's it's not a. I mean, this kind of is what it's what's coming per a couple of strong media reports. That, he is currently an assistant coach and director of player development for the Nets. Oh wow! So there you go. Good for him. Yeah, I didn't mean to turn this into an NBA uh, thing, but uh, you kind of got me going on the Thunder, so that's why. I like the NBA. I don't talk about I it. I do too. Much my other podcast but I, I got really into this draft and like i was i was super excited for this draft because i'd listened to and read about so many of these guys and stuff and it was a fun draft the next draft's going to be a lot of fun because the win Benyama thing is everybody talks about him as the next big generational superstar so well but, then he's going to go to some garbage team like the fucking philadelphia or something he's not coming to the good guys you can only tank so much. You can only tank your way to a 14.4% chance. That's as good as you can get. I mean, that's the best – unless you have two or three of the lottery picks and nobody does. So, we anyway. Did, we did good, though. We had essentially two lottery picks this year. Had three. Oh, that's right. Had three. Got Jang and then uh, uh, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. From Santa Clara, which I was like, okay. He seemed like a really good kid, but – The Thunder took two Jalen Williamses. They took Jalen Williams from Santa Clara and Jalen Williams from Arkansas. Great. So that, and another Jalen Williams, they could have gotten him too. Coach once told me, man, I, I, cause he signed a guy that was not that great. And I said, why did you sign him? He goes, man, I can't have 13 dipshits. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe the kid from Santa Clara can be our not a dipshit. <laughs> All right, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it there. It's uh, always fun uh, to visit and always fun um, to hear some of the people that tell us that hey really want another grace pot in south now that we're back into some next monday's the fourth i don't know what we'll do maybe we'll do one oh is it actually the fourth yeah next monday's the fourth are you a big fourth of july person only insofar as it gives me a reason to get in the pool and get drunk yeah well it's good we'll drink for- some beer we usually have freedom beer natty light usually has these freedom beers it has like an american flag on it like an eagle gets yeah. me feeling really patriotic on the fourth bro so maybe we'll, I don't know, maybe we'll try to uh, get one on the 5th or something, but we'll uh, we'll work on it. We uh, look, appreciate you guys making us a part of your week, as always. And uh, thanks again to Cathead, to Pinnacle, John Edwards at Regency Travel for um, believing in us and making us a part of uh, their businesses as well. So for J.G. Tate, I'm Neil McCready. Until next time, take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.